most excited about, about uh, not being able to drive home because it's icy and snowy. I'm going to ride up there on horseback. <laughs> <laughs> And welcome to the Filene Fill-In, the podcast where we fill you in on what's been going on here at Filene's home base and out and about in the financial services world. I'm Holly Fearing with Filene. Families can be awkward, and we can't help that here at Filene. In fact, we think of ourselves as one big family, and we're awkward as all heck. Awkward family photos ticks up a notch in Google searches whenever a number of us get in the same room. I'll attach a few just to prove it. So yeah, While we can't do anything about making our families less awkward, we can take the awkwardness out of lending money to friends and family. Our winning i3 project from Big Bright Minds this year was a prototype concept called Bank on Family. Bank on Family taps into the awkwardness of peer-to-peer lending defaults, or in other words, when your friends and family help out with a loan outside of the financial system channels. Our managing director of innovation, Ryan Foss, says the reality of these situations is that only 37% of informal loans are ever paid back. This is not only unhelpful to the borrower, he says, but it also puts a strain on the relationship. Bank on Family will make the credit union the facilitator of a streamlined peer-to-peer lending process with higher repayment rates, saving those relationships while building valuable credit scores for those involved. Or so our hypothesis goes which is why we are now testing this new idea. I'll let Filiners Marnie and Ryan, plus the Credit Union I3 team that helped invent it, explain more when we get to today's interview. But first, a few updates from Filene. If your credit union is interested in testing this idea, you can sign up to test Bank on Family with us by heading over to filene.org and clicking on the banner you'll see there about Bank on Family. Learn more about it and fill out an interest form, and Marnie will be in touch with you toot sweet. Or reach out right now to marnieg at filene.org. If you have a different idea altogether, maybe sparked by this one but not this one, if you see a need and you can imagine making it possible, Filene can help you make it happen. In fact, that's what we do in our Filene i3 program. So you'll want to apply for Filene i3. Applications open on May 1st. Once you become an i3-er, you'll be part of a team of like-minded, passionate, enthusiastic credit union peers who want to make the next bigger or better thing to improve people's lives. And as our good friend Ed Filene always encouraged, make progress by replacing the best there is with something better still. Now, if what I'm describing reminds you of a staff member or coworker or someone looking for the perfect development opportunity, fill out our nomination form on the i3 page on filene.org and we'll be sure to reach out to them to apply for the i3 program before applications close on May 31st. One final reminder before I hand it over to Marnie, Ryan, and the Bank on Family team. For new listeners of our podcast, you can catch all future episodes on Apple Podcasts. This is the first show I get to call it that now. Also on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So check us out wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what we're doing here, please do leave us a five-star rating because that would be so great of you. If you'd like to suggest something for a future show, tweet us at at Research or email me, hollyf at filene.org. Thank you so much for listening to our show. So we are gathered here today to talk about a fun little um, I3 project in longstanding called Bank on Family. For those of you who were at Big Bright Minds in 
super warm Madison, Wisconsin in late October. You uh, helped vote this into the next I4 incubator um, project. You voted this as the next I4 incubator project. And we're gathered here today. We've got, uh, I'm gonna have everybody introduce themselves actually because nobody wants to hear my voice that much. So go ahead, I'll start with my right. Aaron, do you wanna tell a little bit about why you're here and your background and how you're affiliated with this project? Sounds great. Uh, my name's Aaron Palmer. I'm the Chief Lending Officer for Twin Star Credit Union and a very proud former I3 um, participant. Um, I worked on a project that was kind of part of the inspiration, I guess, for Bank on Family. And so I'm excited to be participating in the development of this product. So 100% the inspiration for <laughs> Bank on Family. He's being humble. Uh, we have documentation and proof that it was. <laughs> Sarah? My name is Sarah Chenden, and I'm the Deputy Director at Credit Builders Alliance, which is a nonprofit uh, national organization that supports other nonprofits in helping their clients build credit histories um, to gain access to the financial mainstream. And I am here because I was invited very generously by Marnie to participate um, and offer what I could in terms of our knowledge and expertise around what it takes to help people build credit histories. My name is Ryan Foss, and I'm the Managing Director of Filene, and I've been on the job a little under a month, and this is my first test planning meeting, and so I'm super excited to be here, um, and yeah. All right. Go ahead, He's Cameron. still with us. We're really <laughs> I'm still, excited. I'm, that I'm he still here. Um, I haven't quit, so first yeah. month is going well. Uh, I'm Cameron Mandel. I'm CEO of uh, Pixelspoke, a company that does web design and digital marketing uh, for credit unions and forward-thinking businesses. And I'm here because I helped with the Bank on Family project for the last half of their term. And so I guess I got invited back. Yeah, yeah. You were, you were, you were welcome back with open arms. So we're gathered here today to figure out how we're going to test this further. Uh, the goal of the I4 incubator is to test the desirability of projects. So we get the super fun job of figuring out how to test something with as little money as possible. <laughs> and Marnie, can you guys explain what is bank on family that seems like a relevant detail that does that does does anybody want to take this on you want me to take aaron. it all right i'll i'll start and i'm going to let aaron finish so bank on family reduces the awkwardness of peer-to-peer -peer lending by making the credit union the facilitator of a streamlined process that's what we found out today mm -hmm. So uh, I think all of us have been involved in situations where we've either borrowed money or lent money to people, where we've had the un uncomfortable situation of maybe not being repaid or had the, um, the good fortune to maybe repay somebody but didn't get credit for that. Um, and so we looked at those, at those two situations to say, how, how can we make those, those better? How can we improve that process? And our answer has been basically, let's get involved as a credit union. Let's get in the middle of that transaction and let's help people to have a forum where they can make their payments, where they can get credit for the payments that they do make, and that there can be a process to help those that maybe otherwise are concerned about whether or not the payments will be coming in from the borrowers. So yeah, really exciting product that I think I'm, I'm really jazzed to be a part of because I really do think that we will help to uh, make some of those uncomfortable situations a little bit more formal and a little bit easier uh, for everybody to understand what, we're, what they're uh, agreeing to. Hopefully better for everybody involved. Yep, absolutely. And you guys are in Portland, is that correct, today? We're in lovely Portland, Oregon, and it's actually not snowing for once this winter. <laughs> <laughs> it's about to, though. We're at the headquarters of Pixels Bulk, 
Yep. Yes. World headquarters. So you guys have kind of gathered, it sounds like a super team of all the right players to work on this concept. So what are you doing with your time there together today? I think we're largely trying to get um, a greater degree of precision around what exact audience we're serving, what the problem is that we're trying to solve, um, and what the different paths forward are to turning this into like a, a viable test. Because um, it's, it's a concept that obviously resonated with a lot of people. Um, even the phrase we used earlier of just taking the awkwardness out of uh, lending between friends and family really seems to resonate with people. Um, but of course, there's a lot of different paths. And we've, I think some of the most exciting discussions have been around how can we um, help people to move from an informal loan like this? You know, this brings it into a formal process, but also build a bridge to where they have better financial habits and, and behaviors. Um, and they're able to use the, the, all the other formal um, financial tools, which may not be available to them because they have no credit or they have low credit right now. And, and maybe just to underscore kind of the importance of the, the credit building piece of it, which seems to you know, be kind of the, the core of, of why this is so um, such a great idea, is that we know that out there there's at least you know, 26 million fam uh, households that don't have credit histories, another you know, 19 million or so that have limited credit histories and therefore you know, have no credit score. Um, and that you can save a lot of money over the course of your lifetime, um, possibly as much as $200,000, um, uh, if you have a good credit history and good credit um, profile. So in a nutshell, Holly, we've come together to figure out the problem, the solution, a hypothesis, and some metrics to measure that hypothesis as we look to build this test to figure out if this is the right solution. And to track down some gluten-free food for Aaron. <laughs> yes. In yes. Portland is really easy. Super successful. <laughs> and to change the world. Yeah. How has that gone so far with all of that plus the gluten-free? You guys been successful so far? I thought... I think it's as someone who hasn't been part of the process, I think it has gone very well. Um, I think we were lucky in that a lot of work had been done already from previous teams. And so we had a starting point um, where we're at the point where all we had to do is just become crystal clear on kind of what the real problem and solution is that we're going to test and how to prototype something that, you know, isn't building something huge that is something very easy to test um, because we know credit unions want it. And so how, how do we get it, into, get it to them in a way that isn't building some behemoth? Mm -hmm. And what, what data can we gather from this test to figure out how to build it if we need to build it out further, build it out in a smart way? I always find these projects very interesting when there's a big personal side to it. So I kind of want to hear your stories on um, what, what attracted you to this concept or drove you to develop this concept, or do you even have maybe some personal experience in having um, borrowing from family and friends or lending to family and friends where it's gone maybe less than ideal? I think we probably all did. I'll, I'll start. This is Cameron. Um, so when I was brought into the I3 project, they had done some really interesting um, surveys of existing credit union members from the, the credit unions that are participating. And the first thing that struck me going through the survey was they asked, you know, they asked people, have you borrowed um, or lent money to appear. How did it go? You know, did, was it all repaid? Was it repaid on time? Um, you know, were you only partially repaid? Did you get nothing back? Did it hurt your relationship? And so on. And what was fascinating was the, the answers from the borrowers and the lenders were like night and day. Um, the, the borrowers basically said there was no strain on the relationship, you know, like two out of 10. Um, everything was repaid on time. It was repaid in full. 
and the lenders were, you know, completely different, like 30%, you know, said they, they didn't get repaid, you know, really strained the relationship. And it resonated with my experience, which is that, and this is part of, I think, our hypothesis that the two times I lent money to friends, um, it took far longer to get paid back than I remember agreeing uh, with them. Put me in a really awkward situation, like hanging out with this person who owes you a few thousand dollars and seems to be kind of blowing you off. You know, I'm not, I'm not this person's parent. Um, and, and so that, I think that lack of clear expectations is one piece at the heart of why these transactions are so awkward. And, and pretty much everyone I've talked to and everyone on the I3 team kind of, you know, was like, yeah, ooh, I've been there. So that's my story. <laughs> been there personally and it seemed to show up in the data. Marnie? Uh, I care about this significantly because it's, it's a real problem. It's just oftentimes you see things getting built that aren't really solving a problem and we make that a big pivot point for us here at Filene. We try to find solutions to real problems and it's quite obvious that this is something. It surprises me that it doesn't exist already. Every time we sit here and talk about it, I'm like, how has this not been formalized in some way? Think about all the people who are living at home and are supposed to be paying their parents' rent and uh, could be getting, maybe they're not, but if they were, maybe they could be getting some credit so they could move out on their own. There's just a million different reasons why this can help. And, and I want to help figure out how it can help people. Yeah, I think the really thing, interesting thing about Cameron's story is that it, you could take out his name and replace almost anybody with that same scenario. And I, I think the, the reality is, is that we all have personal stories where we've either borrowed money or lent money to somebody. And um, much to Marnie, Marnie's point, I think helping people to, to find ways to, to I, I keep saying, I want to teach people how to fish. I want to teach people how to fish. And I want to empower them once they actually get to the point that they've learned how to fish, to have, have all the tools to, to take that next step in their life. And, and I think a lot of people are put in situations where they are um, empowered by, giving, by being given money. They're empowered by um, being allowed to repay, but they're not being cr given credit for that in the traditional way um, that if they went to a credit union or to a bank and borrowed money, um, that they would, they would receive that credit. So I think it's really, really important that all of these personal stories that we have, that we provide an outlet to allow them um, to really help jumpstart people and, and to get them moving in their life sooner than they than they normally would if they didn't have access to a, uh, a, a really simple tool that, that we're ultimately building and proposing. So. It's action on financial education. Absolutely. Um, and uh, for me, credit, obviously credit building is, is key to what I do day in and day out. Um, and we're always looking for opportunities to help contribute to the um, to the two opportunities in the field and two strategies that can be scaled and that can be um, really beneficial to uh, folks who aren't necessarily part of the financial mainstream currently. And we do see some innovations. We know that there are peer-to-peer, -peer, there is informal peer-to-peer -peer lending happening all over the place um, in this country and elsewhere. Um, so the opportunity to formalize it in the credit union context really, um, really offers a, a, a scalability that hasn't um, existed. When I was in high school, my parents loaned me money for a car. And I was really good about paying it off for about four months. <laughs> um, and then I let it go. And um, my parents still love me. We still get along great. Um, but I often think back and be like, wow, that wasn't really nice of me. And I wonder if like not only a for more formal agreement was in place if I would have paid the entire amount back. but also think back with something like this, gosh, if I could have been building my credit at 16, mm -hmm. you know, you only get so many opportunities to do that. And this is a really cool one. Yeah. 
I think you guys are going to have a really good um, campaign when it comes to marketing this concept. I think you're going to be able to have a lot of fun with it. And I think it'll resonate with a lot of people. Before Marnie told me about this concept just a few days ago, uh, I had never heard of this idea. And yet I have a situation in my own life that totally could have benefited from this. I, my, my whole family just recently lent money to my brother to open up a brewery. And we were so excited that this was happening, so excited that we could all come together and help make it happen. And I don't think any of us thought about what comes down the line. So here we all are investors, so to speak, in this, in, in his business. And we haven't thought through any of the, you know, what's next process at all. So, you know, had there been some more formality to it, it probably would have been a better uh, way for us to go. But I think you'll find countless stories like this um, when you start bringing it to market. I do want to be a taste tester for your brother. (laughs) (laughs) I I actually said that, like, if he just pays me back in beer, I probably would be okay. So, you know. (laughs) Formal arrangement for that? Yeah, we can help you with that. (laughs) Well, that's actually a thing on Airbnb. I'm, I'm totally getting a little off track here, but it's very interesting in that uh, when people are renting out their Airbnb, they sometimes find themselves without a home. And so there's a, actually a website that says, can I stay with you while I rent out my house on Airbnb? Oh, yeah. And the options to repay back are to repay back in three different ways. And the third one is in local craft beer. Like people who, that isn't that, it's actually on there as a repayment option. Bring me a six pack of some other form of local craft beer I may not have. Sorry. This could be, yeah. Maybe that's your next concept, mixing in like repayment or some sort of interest loan related to craft beer, like really rare craft beer. They call it whales. When when you can't get a certain craft beer in a different region, it's like this big thing. So maybe you could start this whole underground exchange of rare craft beers. I don't know. Green Gone family turns into craft beer exchange. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Innovation. That's right. So bringing it back to this concept, what, what is next for Bank on Family in, in the I3 process? What's next? So we will wrap up today walking away with a pretty good high-level timeline. Of course, that means we've got a lot of work to do over the next, I would say, 6 to 12 months. Uh, but in the next, I'd say, four months, you should hear more from us uh, as far as when we're testing, when we're looking for testers and how we're going to move forward on this thing and ask for credit unions participation in testing bank on family. And if people listening want to get more information right now, what should they do? They should email Marnie G M A R N I G I E G. I'm allowed to make that up because it's still kind of new. Marnie G at Filene.org. Or check out bank on family on the Filene I3 concept website. Awesome. Is there anything else that you guys want to say today on the podcast about what you're up to and bank on family or, you know, anything at all? Well, I think it's a neat context of, I mean, first of all, this is, we said an $89 billion industry. So this is not a tiny thing. And it's been fun to talk about how can we build on existing products rather than make something that's totally new and think about how we can use it as a vehicle to promote healthy behaviors and actions. Um, you know, I think so often there's like this, like innovation is a word that people get excited about, but it also scares people because it, you know, redo everything, change everything. And so often it's like, 
80 or 90% is exactly the same, but you just change this little piece and you can reorient it as we were talking earlier of, you know, what credit unions, you know, can and should do more of, of thinking like a social enterprise where the, the product itself is a vehicle to promote, um, you know, improved financial wellness and behavior. And then in turn that that promotes, um, you know, loyal members uh, for life in a way to attract a younger membership base. And I think that's just exciting from a conceptual standpoint and doing it in a really like lean way, right? Where we're not talking about being a fintech startup with millions of dollars of funding or whatever else it might be, but we're actually just kind of Apollo 13 style sitting, you know, looking at what we've got on the table and being like, how are we going to figure this out? Um, and I think that's exciting. And I think there's, I guess just as a relative newcomer to the industry, one of the dogmas I heard a lot early on is that you can't innovate um, on product in the credit union space. And just the more I look at what, you know, Filene and, and other folks are doing is that's just not true. And it's not because it's often that innovation is just these little tweaks around the margin that make all the difference. Um, so I just, I always love that framing of the, you know, the, some of the, the, the behavioral economists call it, you know, the small big or just these little, you know, the, 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 the wording on the card in your hotel room and how that might result in millions of gallons of water being saved. And um, it, it's a fun David versus Goliath framing to, for me to work on. Uh, and I would just like to say that when we talk about testing projects in the I4 incubator, we're really testing desirability. There are a number of things that we want to test within that. Uh, and there's a number of uh, metrics that we'll measure to determine you know, if this moves forward, how will we move forward? How should we not move forward? If it doesn't move forward, it's just as valuable. Uh, I sometimes get my hand slapped for talking too much about failure and the value of failure, but uh, I don't see it as a failure. I see it as so much learning in what not to do. It's, it's almost more important than learning what to do in some aspects. So uh, for anybody considering testing, know that the work that you're doing is valued more than I could ever express. And your consideration is something I can't thank you enough for. And uh, if you decide to move forward, I'm really excited to work with you. Well said. <laughs> Boy, very well said. So yeah, if anyone wants to learn more, reach out to Marnie, Marnie G at Filene.org or check out Filene.org, our website. Um, good luck, you guys, with the rest of today's adventure and over the next six to 12 months of development of this, I certainly look forward to what turns out being made out of this. And um, I look forward to seeing how it can help both credit unions and consumers. So again, thank you for sharing with us today. Thank you, Holly. Thank, thank you, Carol. Holly. Thank you. I don't know what happened in my office earlier, but... <laughs> <laughs> Something fell off the wall. Well, <laughs> did you hear that? <laughs> oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I'll clean it up. Six months, I'm not working on it too much. <laughs> thank you. All right, bye, guys. <laughs> And that's it for the fill-in, folks. Thanks again for listening. And one more huge thank you to the Bank on Family Project team for being our guests on the show today. If you like this episode, go out and rate us on Apple Podcasts so more people can find us. And make sure you're subscribed to the Filene Fill-in Podcast to keep up with what's going on at Filene. Thanks, everyone. story okay um i once turned down a road that there was a tornado in the middle of it and it was in um, brainerd minnesota and then we turned around and we had a bunch of high schoolers in the car and all the 
ladies are like, pull over, we need to go in the ditch. And other guys are like, no, just floor it. 